Welcome back to Growing Up Naked. We're trying a new thing today, and that is our first long-distance podcast. Why are we doing this? Because we have to. If I want to talk to Milo, we got to do this long distance between Minneapolis and New York City. City College in Harlem, to be exact. Welcome to Growing Up Naked Transcontinental. Well, we're we're just starting a podcast. Are we recording? Yeah, we're recording. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome growing back. up naked. Growing up naked. This is season. Well, I don't even know what we're going to call it. I don't uh, even know. This is this. We're still in the last season we were working on. This would be season four, episode eight. Very good. You haven't lost your touch. No, no. And it's been about a month, though, since we've done one of these. It's been They're longer a than over. Over a month. It's yeah. been it's been longer than that. But we've been waiting to get the technology together. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of weeks of struggle trying to use Discord and then Riverside. And eventually we just settled on the old reliable. The old Zoom. Yeah. So and it's weird because it feels like it's like, you know, 2020 again being on Zoom. I know. You know? And you've got COVID, maybe. I might have it, yeah. I might. Yeah, I might. We shall see. We shall see when the Binax test arrives today. Yeah, except it doesn't get here till Tuesday, I found out. So that blows. Can't you just go out and buy one? Uh, yeah, I probably will. Yeah, go out and buy one. Yeah. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know if my kids got COVID. No, I'm good. I have I have masks, so I can go out into the world and not. Okay, feel- good. It's just yeah. if you if you feel good enough to do it, right? I do, I do, I do. Okay, good. Um, so, all right, this is our first long distance uh, conversation. Well, it's our first long distance podcast. Yes. Yeah, it's really kind of weird. Um, I feel like there's an element about our podcast that it it just there was magic in the room. Yeah. Where where's that magic gone now? You know, there's no magic. Well, we just don't know yet. Okay, we got to make magic then. Well, it's yeah. I mean, um, it's an interesting format. So I, I'm I'm just excited to see how growing up naked transfers into the online sphere. And it'll come back to the room when you come back. You know, when you come back. Yeah, I will for thanksgiving so 
So tell me about life in New York, man. What's going on? I mean, we've talked a bit, but uh, I guess we could catch the uh, our, our our listening public up on your your adventures. A little yeah, bit. that's that's probably what we should do. This is just funny because it reminds me of the first episode where you said, "What did you say?" You said something like some open ended. Oh, I said, um, I said, uh, what, how do you see me? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I see you as a dude in the room with headphones on. And now you go, now you go, so what's been happening in your life? <laughs> Hey, I'm not, we're co-hosts here, so I, uh, you know. No, um, a lot's been going on. Um, fill us in, fill, fill the public in on, on, on everything. <laughs> You're, it's, uh, September 22nd, second day of fall. Oh, is it? Second day of fall? Yeah, you moved in over a month ago to City College. Wow, I did. Yeah, man. That's crazy. I can't our, believe it was a month. And our dog has had a birthday. Yeah, since he you left. Six, six, turned- six is six. Hey, six. Hold on a second. You can do this now. Hey, six. Hey, six. Hey, buddy. Hi, buddy. <laughs> for the for the audio only listeners, Dad just took the camera down and pointed it at the puppy. Yeah, we have this video component to this now, so we're going to post this on YouTube, and you're going to be able to see us sitting here. If yeah. you ch- so choose. So, so choose. Okay. Anyway, getting back to uh, what we're talking about. Um. Well, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think I can go like chronologically. So I'll just kind of drop some highlights that have happened. Okay. Um, a lot of friends in the jazz program. A lot of jamming with those friends. A lot of, um challenging but rewarding situations related to music um just kind of getting thrown into things that you're not really comfortable with and sink or swim sort of a deal um and that's really good because it's really good to be uncomfortable when you're trying to improve at something so a lot of that a lot of um just theory knowledge I'm gaining in my classes and I'm just paying, trying to pay really, really close attention to everything that's going on and be as respectful as I can to my teachers. So um, other than that, right now I'm writing an English paper about the show we talked about with Lisa and Daniel um, working. Oh, yeah. The musical my, you did at the U. And my monologue in that. And and the essay's also got a lot to do with you and you, how you helped me learn that monologue and what how that kind of shaped my relationship with language. And so there's some cool stuff I'm doing in English class. You've Gloss- been working on that for a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. And I, this week I have to present it. Um, I have to do like a spoken narrative about it oh Um, so it's like doing a monologue yeah kind of i but i'm just gonna play like the monologue like some clips from it because mom sent it to me oh yeah yeah okay um 
yeah uh philosophy we're doing a lot of um we're right now i mean we started kind of with the theory of knowledge and that was pretty boring and lame but now we're getting into like moral philosophy and consequentialism and utilitarianism and like the trolley problem um all this type of shit that's really really interesting so i'm really enjoying philosophy right now i have no idea what any of that means you know what utilitarianism is uh, theoretically i do but <laughs> you stupid old man who lives in minnesota theoretically what is it i don't know utilitarianism is like practical useful philosophical day-to-day -day stuff well no it's like um it's only doing what you need only taking what you need uh things that you would use practically and need them and not just having things in excess and okay um so this is not this is just utilitarianism in general not philosophically well, speaking well it's also it takes it into a moral kind of philosophical place and that's what we're learning about and i understand consequentialism is um like consequences of your actions well it, basically you judge um a person's actions based off of the consequences so even if they did something really horrible and stupid if the consequences weren't anything then a consequentialist like a staunch consequentialist probably wouldn't say that they did anything wrong so we're just um we're learning about that stuff and you know i was really interested in philosophy or at least i thought i was for a while and what i realized is that philosophy is so broad so there's things that really pique my interest in it, and then there's things that don't. Yeah. And but moral philosophy is one of the things that's really piquing my interest. So that's so interesting. Uh, wow. Uh, we got a lot to talk about with that because um, em emotion seems to get separated from that a uh, consequentialist way of thinking. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And that is so opposite from what I am. Yeah, but also it it it's very opposite from what you are because these are people who are trying to come up with a one size fits all approach to morals. Right. That isn't really a thing. At the but, same at the same time, I want to say that when you die, there's all this shit that you really got upset about and lost a lot of sleep over matter at the end. Well, I don't know that that's really a moral question, but the answer would probably be no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, so no, I've just I've I've gone to a couple fun uh jazz shows running around the city. I went I've I went and visited Linnea, I went and visited Sarah and Sally and Eric were in town. So, I've just been reaping my benefits. I ran into Bill Frizzell the other day. Which guitar was, God, jazz guitar God. You'd have to play one of his tunes this episode or something because that was just like, absolutely, yeah. Um, and he was so sweet, and, and so, we'll post that selfie. Yeah, we'll post the selfie. Yeah, I doubt anybody knows who he is besides maybe like Irvin Isaac if they still listen to this. But and Willis, maybe Willis. Yeah. yeah. Um. 
Tell us about that encounter. Tell me, tell me again about that. It was really crazy, you know, because I was rushing to Chelsea um, to go and drop off my guitar, my Sheraton, which I have to go and get today. And it's just all fixed up and just exactly how I want it. Um, but I had to to go down there and I was running late. They close at six and I was able I got on the train um, to go downtown at like 530. So there's a lot of things that could happen between between 530 and six on the train <laughs> that might not get you to where you're going. At, at <laughs> yeah. Um, so you usually I mean, in New York City, you want to give yourself some some grace period, you know, like you want to try to be early for things because there's so much that could happen. The chaos, the chaos. Yeah. You just have to account for it. Um, yeah. You can't just like take whatever map says is going to be the ETA and just go off of that. You got to add like 15 minutes to that. Yeah. Um. So I, I get, I'm in like the Chelsea area. I get off the train at, I don't even remember what stop it was. Um, and was it Penn Station? Was Penn Station? Yeah, it was Penn Station, and um, it was like five fifty. So I had ten minutes to get to this place, and it was like a four block walk. So I, it's doable. Like I can make it. Um, but of course, I'm carrying this my heaviest guitar, and it's not on my back. It's on. It's I'm just holding it in this heavy ass case. So I'm slowed down a little bit, but. I start walking and I think I'm going the right way. I'm like sweating. I'm like, fuck, I got to get to this place. If I don't get there, if they're closed, when I get there, it's going to be just a total waste of time. (laughs) And then I'm going to, I'm going to have to bring my guitar to dinner with Billy Barrett, which would just be a struggle in these little tiny Manhattan restaurants. So I'm going, um, walking down a street in like butt fuck, super busy around Penn station and I'm just walking, walking. I check my phone going the wrong way, turn around, walk the other way, walk, walk, walk. And then I realized that this place is right next to FIT and FIT has this really weird setup where it's like one side. There's like, uh, how do I even explain it? FIT is the Fashion Institute of Technology. Yeah. And they've got this huge building. And then if you go around to the other side of the building, like if the streets, dad, look at me, if the streets are like this, yeah, you can't access the street, like the, the avenue going this way um, from this side of FIT. So okay. you have to the other side to access that avenue and then there's all of these shops and stuff okay right that's the fit okay. so i basically have to cross this block and get to where i'm going um so i have two blocks that i could do it's like this this the streets are like this and then there's two blocks either one would work for to for me to go and for some reason i just chose the first one and I'm just walking down the street, this block, and I just, I noticed this guy who's Bill Frizzell, but he's got shades on. 
and I knew it was him because I could feel his aura and I could see his teeth and his like I just know what he looks like because I've been watching him for so long and listening to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went up to him and I was like, "You're Bill Frizzell, right?" And he was like, "Yeah, you know, like he's got this really understated, like awkward kind of vibe to him. He's very um, soft spoken and." he doesn't really know how to talk very well. And this isn't a, a, you know, he talks with his music. This isn't a, a, you know, a, I'm not trying to burn bill. Yeah, there he is. There he is. Yeah. So nice pulling that up. Way to go. Uh, thank uh, you. Yeah. But we, I, I run into him. I'm like, you're bill for And He's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm, I put my guitar down. I'm like, I'm such a a huge fan of you and everything that you do. I just, I love your playing. And I, I explained to him, I'm, I'm a, you know, a jazz guitar student at city college. Um, and you're one of my, my guitar heroes, you know? And he's just kind of like, Oh, wow. Thank you so much. You know? And it was just such, it was happenstance because it was 50, 50. I could have gone down that other street and I would have never seen him, you know? So I went down this block and it happened to be the block that he was on for some reason. Um, and, and so I, I just explained to him all of this. I'm a student. I love his, I love what he does. Um, and I didn't have time to tell him, like, listen, I saw you in Minneapolis with Petra Hayden. Um, I didn't have time to talk to him about guitars. There's all these things I would have said to him mm. had it not been like 557. And, <laughs> and it's a three minute walk from this guitar store that closes at six. So I'm, I'm like, oh, my God, can we just grab a picture really quick? So I snap that picture and I'm like. I got to go, but it's so great to meet you. And, and he just, he pats me on the back, like in the most loving way and just says, good luck. You know, it was just amazing. And it gave me so much confidence um, to have, to have his kind of, to have his blessing, you know, Um, you know, I I made it to the good art guitar store you made time. it to the guitar store on time which is so the... annoyed with me because it was like they're a minute from closing but i yeah. just dropped my guitar and filled out the ticket yeah awesome. so it's a it's a a total new york story yeah um this is the kind of shit this is why you're there yes in this amazing city where so many amazing people are living and working including you know some of your guitar heroes and uh actually Pretty much all of them. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. If they're not there now, they they will be eventually. On tour and they're coming back. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, I want to tell you this uh, story about uh, a kind of a similar thing that happened to me, but it wasn't actually in New York. But okay. it was just as random. I was living in Philly, in South Philly. I was living in my apartment that I was living in when I met your mom. When mm-hmm. I was doing Travelers. So this is back in the 90s, right? This is like yeah. after I got sober. So it was like 93, 94. And you were like 41? No. Uh, 94, in- I was uh, in my 30s still. 
Oh, really? Yeah. So 59, 69, 79, 89. I was like 35. Okay. Okay. And um, I think that I had my car that I bought from Chubby, the Plymouth Horizon was already a planter. I I had gotten in an, I, I had gotten rear-ended. The car was fucked up. I couldn't afford to fix it. So it was just parked in the alley outside of my kitchen door and mm-hmm. sat there for years years and and just got disgusting but um so i was riding my bike everywhere so i was on my way somewhere i can't remember where but i actually went south on fourth street and made a left down this street to come back up moya mensing to go i don't know why i don't know what i was doing mm-hmm. but i see uh there's been film crews in the uh neighborhood and as I pull up to, you know, whatever this is, Dickinson and, and Moya Mensing, there's this guy sitting on a on the corner on a stoop. And I realize it's this actor that I love named Joe Grafazi, who <laughs> who I think uh you would recognize this guy. He was in some Coen yeah. Brothers movies. You, if you saw him, I'm gonna uh, look him up. Okay, look him up. Hey, how do I co-host this? Because you could, you could, can I co-host? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. All right, I'll figure that out for next time. How do you spell it? G-R-I-F-A-S-I. Okay. He's an Italian character actor. He's got shadows under his eyes. Yep. Do you recognize oh, him? I do. Yeah. yeah. Like, name some movies. Does it say some movies he was in? The Naked Man, Still of the Night, um, The Front, Heavy, A Crime. Endgame. There's a lot of just shitty movies, I think. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, Joe was like, I originally saw him in New York uh, at the West End and uh, when I was in drama school. He's just, he's one of these guys that just like was working everywhere on stage, on TV, on in film. Yeah. And um, I saw him sitting there and I just stopped my bike and I went over and I went, you're Joe Grafazi. He goes, yeah, how you doing? <laughs> I said, what are you doing here? He goes, oh, we're filming this thing. I got a break. I said, is this, this, this movie that's shooting down here? Yeah, it's uh, Two Bits with Al Pacino. And I said, oh, okay. Nice. Uh, I said, listen, man, uh, I think he went to drama school at Yale. So I went, listen, man, I, uh, I went to Yale drama school. And he goes, no shit. He goes, uh, sit down, talk for a minute. So I get off my bike and I sit there. And at that time I was, I knew that I, I wanted to leave Philly and, Mm -hmm. uh, and this might've been a couple of years later. I don't know, but I think it was before travel. Maybe I was doing travelers. I don't know, but I was getting, I was like, I just feel like I'm a, I'm a big fish in a little pond and and I, I just feel like I want to do this thing that scares the shit out of me. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know what to do. And he goes, Hey man, New York's not going anywhere. He goes, I, I went there late. You know, it's not, it's not going anywhere. Are you working here? And I said, yeah, he goes, yeah, just keep working, man. Just keep mm-hmm. working, doing your thing. And then things will happen and, uh, you'll be fine. And uh, you can start your your big career at any time. If that wants to happen, it's going to happen, okay? And I was like, 
you know, how many people uh, who I've seen in movies and stuff who I'd love to talk to and I can't, I just get tongue tied and I can't be around them. You know, I, there's no talking to him. Nobody's ever given me the kind of time and asked me to sit down and talk with them like you have. And he goes, Hey man, we're all actors. We're all just, we got to help each other. Right. Oh, what a guy. And I said, thanks dude. And, yeah. and, and I took off and it was like, what the hell just happened? And I'll never forget that because he was right. Yeah. You know, New York, New York was still there. He was so right about that. How yeah. cool. So I, I love that this encounter you have with Bill Frizzell because it's so, it just happens. And, you know, it, it was like, I had no fear of going to talk to him. I was yeah. like, regardless of, you know, there have been times where maybe I'm scared to go talk to somebody, but I was like, this is the universe throwing me a bone right now. Right. How to take it and just milk it. Totally. So it was, that's, I love that encounter that you had though. What a cool down to earth. But in opposition, when I first moved to New York in 1981 and I was working at the Figaro Cafe in the village and I was flipping burgers and going to acting school during the day yeah. and I'm flipping burgers uh, and it's late. It's like nine o'clock and, so, and a waiter comes back and goes, hey man, Bill Cosby's out there. And I'm like, Bill, I grew up, look, regardless of what oh, he's no, done. 1981. Yeah. Before any of this came out, I grew up listening to Bill Cosby albums. Why is there air uh, to Russell, my brother, whom I slept with? I mean, just like he informed my comedy, right? And uh, so I go out there in my disgusting apron covered with fucking hamburger jizz and cheese and ketchup <laughs> grease. And he's sitting there at a window table. There's nobody else there with this beautiful woman. Might, might have been his wife or soon-to-be wife. Who knows? Somebody that he was drugging and then raping. Thanks. <laughs> totally ruins the story there. But um, yeah, uh, could have been. Who knows? So, uh, But I'm in awe, you know? And uh, instead of going up and saying, excuse me, Mr. Cosby, I just wanted to say hi and all this stuff. I, I decide I'm going to act like confident. So mm -hmm. I pull a chair out of a table that's about two feet away from him. And I turn it around towards his table and I just sit down and I go. <laughs> and he can and he's still talking to him, but he kind of looks over at me like, what the fuck is going on? You know, <laughs> and I couldn't think of anything to say. Oh my God. Now, back in those days, they had celebrity tennis matches on TV. And yeah. I had seen a celebrity tennis match with Bill Cosby and this comedian named Alan King. It was an old school comedian from back in the day. And I couldn't think of anything to say. And I said, You know, the last time I saw you, <laughs> you were playing tennis with Alan King. <laughs> and he looks at me and goes uh-huh oh <laughs> more awkward silence <laughs> and then i went 
All right, well, and I stand up. I better get back to the kitchen. And I push in the chair and I walk away. And that was it. It was the most cringy, horrible. Jesus. It was, yeah. So I, uh, I have practiced doing it wrong. Yeah. But like I, like I said, there's, there's people that invite you in and there's people who don't. I think the key is just to to be authentic. Don't try to like, like when you saw Bill Cosby, you were trying to really just be like on his level, like be really, you right. know. But you just have to you you have to throw out all of the conceptions of who you think that person is. Yeah, just be with them on a human level. Yeah, and you might it might be a really inviting person who gives you some great advice or guides you in some way. Right. You take with you for the rest of your life. Or they could just be an asshole and then you know. Yeah. I was coming from therapy once in the village and I was heading back to the subway to go uptown and Steve Earle, who's this singer-songwriter I love was standing there. And I had just seen him in concert. And he's on his iPhone, he's got this big beard and I said, "You're Steve Earle." And he goes, "Yeah, man." I said, Dude, I love your music so much. I, 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 I just moved up here from Philly, but I play with these, this bunch of act. I'm an actor, and I play with a bunch of actors uh, in this band, and we do some covers of your song. And he's like, yeah, right now I'm just tr trying to figure out how to work this iPhone. And I went, okay, man, see you later. Yeah, take it easy, brother. Oh, by the way, I'm sober. Cool, because he's sober. <laughs> but it was yeah. semi-awkward. Anyway, I have a, I have a, so many of these, but yeah. a lot of them happened in New York. Yeah. Uh, some happened elsewhere, but you know, well, I miss LA too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. At Peter's house or something, but yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the important thing is you are living your best life right now in New York city. You're at city college studying jazz. You're living, you go out and about in the city. It's so great in Manhattan, man. Although it's, your mom's worried that you're you're isolating too much, or or she, she, I don't know if she's worried about it, but she's mentioned that you've said that you have kind of a solitary existence. Well, it's not it, it's not wholly solitary. I do get out, but I, I the only reason I spend a lot of time to myself is well, there's two reasons. One, I'm an introvert. Two. I have a shit loads of homework every week. You have a more work than you thought you were going to have. Yeah, I do. Um, I didn't realize that it's like you get an assignment in every class every day and it's due by the next class most of the time. Um, and those assignments could be big or small, but usually they're bigger. And so that eats up a lot of your free time. And then I also have to practice and like, you know, you've got ensemble, you've got ear training, you've got harmony, you've got private instruction, you've got English and philosophy. Yeah. Private instruction hasn't yet begun, but I've been in contact with who the guy that's going to be my teacher. When's that going to start? Well, he hasn't gotten back to me. I sent him an email like a week ago, so I'm going to call him at some point maybe today and just try to set it up yeah um 
this guy named Kenny Wessel, who's okay. a great guitar player. Um, have you heard his playing? I have. Yeah, he's very, you know, there's something about a lot of these older players that's so cool and just like, I don't know, delectable might be the word. <laughs> where where they just play so few notes and what they're doing is implying rather than showing mm. and there's some that's like the level that every jazz musician wants to be at because it actually takes more skill to imply something than to just do all of it so a lot of younger players do a lot play a lot more notes and play really complicated phrases and stuff which is incredible but there's something so magical just about these older guys like my teacher ray gallon small ensemble teacher i went and heard him play at this club just by happenstance we were going there because we couldn't get into this other place because it was too expensive so we showed up at this place called mesro and he was just happened to be there with his trio he's like this insanely into you sent us a little video I did. Yeah. And this guy is just so he's just in it and he's playing things that are so like, he's just laid back even in like the fastest tune. He's just, he takes his time and his phrases mean so much more because he's not trying to fit everything in. So it's, that's like the number one thing that I've been noticing. Um, even with a guy like Bill Frizzell, you know, like you have players like Julian Lodge who who still play everything and it's like virtuosic and incredible and it can take you places. But then there's other guys that can take you to that same place with, you know, just a very simple kind of a phrase. That's what Miles Davis was so great at. And right now I'm transcribing this miles davis solo on uh freddie freeloader off of kind of blue you know just a incredible solo and i'm noticing what he's doing over all of these chords is just so simple but the choices he makes are so are just perfect like they he just nails it every time um and and there's something like that. I'm just learning from that right now. And I watched this Miles Davis movie yesterday. Um, documentary or? Oh, it wasn't a documentary. It was the one where Don Cheadle plays him. Oh, yeah. And Ewan McGregor's in it. And I haven't it, seen it. Is it it's, good? It's okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, it's kind of a, the plot is leaves a lot to be desired, but it's a really, I think Don Cheadle does an incredible job playing Miles and there's okay. a lot of cool stuff about his life and who he was and that. I'm taking notes here so that's why I'm looking down. Okay. It's Miles ahead. Okay. Um and it's it's about the period of Miles's life where he took 5 years off. You know. Um okay. which was midway through his career? Yeah, it was after he had dropped his most his most like critically acclaimed album, albums. And he was kind of trying to get the magic back. Like kind of blue or kind of blue. it would already come out. And yeah. then, and he was kind of like, he didn't really like kind of blue. Like he was trying to do other stuff. Hmm. Um, 
he was just an, an unbelievable jazz master that mm-hmm. was you know i i just need to study from him more and i want to watch that there's a documentary on him too that i want to see and then i also watched this documentary about bill frizzell yesterday really yeah um which was super cool it's called bill frizzell a portrait really yeah. and where, where did you find that on youtube or oh it's on you have to rent it for 10 bucks off of his website. Frizzell, a portrait. Okay. Cool. So I was just. I'll support Bill. I'll yeah. support him. <laughs> That's how I felt too. I was like, yeah, because it's going straight to him. It's not like a, you know, it's not like it's on Amazon. Um, and what's the Miles doc? Do you know what that is? On Netflix, I forgot. It's something cool. Like it's it's something about. I forgot what it's called, but I heard it was really good. So I'm going to check okay. that out on Netflix. Okay, cool. I was just sick yesterday and you know, I can, I have these big speakers and this huge 32 inch like monitor. So it's almost a TV. Yeah. I can just lay in bed and watch shit. Like it's like I'm at home watching a movie. Yeah. It's cool. Well, you are at home watching a movie, your new home. Yeah. I mean, it does. This doesn't feel like home where I am feels like home, but this little room doesn't, this little room is temporary, you know. Yeah. It's just a shell, a temporary shell, just like your body. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, yeah. I, I mean, you're going to be an endless resource of cool stuff for me to listen to and watch from now on. I mean, it's, you actually have been, but it's, the repertoire is expanding dramatically. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be giving you a lot of stuff to check out. Yeah. Because that's what I'm being given right now. Yeah. But um let's just like take these little cul-de-sacs out of this on this conversation and, and kind of head into the the personal meaty stuff. So this is not home. Are you being um uh, have you been getting homesick? Oh yeah. Yeah. What have you been missing? Uh my friends, you and mom and and Six and Skylar, Mattia. Um I've been missing having the ability to go up and like watch something with you guys. That's what I've really missed. Um, Like shared in the same room. Yeah. Shared stuff. I'm not missing being in my room because I feel like this is like my room. What made SLP so homey was that was all the people. Yeah. Um, and seeing Tony and grandma and Larry and grandpa and, you know, like this is, these are things that I'm missing. These are the people I'm missing. I miss going out to the lake a lot. Yeah. Um, I miss being on the boat. I miss being with my feet in the grass out there. I miss shooting hoops. I miss Abe and Sam. Um, I really miss Anna, Nellie, Willis, Tyler, Celine, um, a lot, you know. So it's just. Do you talk to those guys at all? I haven't talked to them enough. I've talked to Anna a bit, but it's tough when everyone's so busy. Everyone's going to school. Everyone's got different schedules, and everyone's going to school. So it's like, it's just really hard to catch people. I mean, even if you were here. Uh, given that the, everyone's in their second year, well, Tyler's 
doing something else. What Tyler's not going to school yet, right? Tyler's been just selling a lot of clothes recently, like doing like pop up vending shops and stuff. And still working at uh, Paisley Park. No, she doesn't. She quit that a while ago. Oh, she did. Um, so who knows? You know how often, but but you know you're in the same town, and you can make it happen if you want to. Well, it's like. It was always uh, my schedule was the most open, so I would just try to fit people in, yeah, whenever they could. Yeah, um, I mean, I had problems getting together with my friends even when I was at home. It was like because I felt like I was so busy. Um, yeah, it's, it's that's been hard, and I just don't want to. Obviously, it's like we're not going to be as close like me and my friends but i want to just be sure that all the love is still there because for me the love is still there um so that's been hard especially i mean matia has been the only one that i've really consistently had contact with um of course because and i are dating you know so how is that going I think it's going great. Okay. Yeah. And she was in town recently. You kind of got to see her. Yeah. I got to see her a couple nights. That was really fun. Okay. Um, you guys are as tight as ever. I think, I think we're, we're killing the long distance thing so far. You know, it's right. only, a month, but I think it's going well. Yeah. So that's good. Um, you know, you bring up this thing though. It's, it's the pain of being away and the missing it's uh it's part of life and it's what becomes your your palette your mm-hmm. landscape you know um you really know how it feels for me to miss my old friends in philly now oh yeah you know jerry oh, and joe and ben just people that i could see i could go over to dinner with them, watch a movie with them. um you know, hang out at the beach, play guitar. Um, it's really like, because in a way, they're a reflection of you. You know, mm-hmm. they're a reflection of your choices in life, the kind of people you gravitate towards. They embody what you love. Mm-hmm. And so every time you're with them, you're reminded of who you are. Yep. And it's hard to be away from that. Yeah. It's also, in a way, is good for your own development to be away from that. Yes. Um, because you, you gain a bigger, like your palate's getting bigger, your, your landscape's getting bigger. It's got a lot more components in it. And yep. what, what you, you know, the thing, and, and I'm just spitballing right here, but the thing that occurs to me is that when you leave home, you know, you are heavily investing in yourself and it's you against, not against the world, but it's you alone in the world making your way. And that's, that's what everybody says. And, and of course it's true because you are on the road to, you know, being total Milo and total Milo will ultimately be a, a big, a big, recipe with all those ingredients but of all of those things yes right but it'll have it'll be heavily flavored with milo pure milo paste 
<laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I take that shit for granted because I'm 64 years old and I got a lot of peers paste. <laughs> and I'm trying to remember, you know, like that when that guy, I told you this on the podcast before, I've told you this story when I was living in Boulder and I was going to New York for the first time. And then New Yorker gave me advice. He goes, when you walk out of the station, just act, don't look anybody in the eye because they'll think you're crazy or you're gay. All right. This, <laughs> this is 1981, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, just look at the sidewalk, but act like you belong. Uh-huh. And so I walk out of Penn Station with two huge suitcases. You know, red flag right there. And yeah. I'm like, my shoulders are up to my ears. And I'm like looking down at the sidewalk. And I'm totally tense. I'm not breathing. And, you know, people are like, who the fuck is this guy? If they're even looking at you, which they're not. And, uh, you know, struggling to get to Brooklyn, to this place I'm going to live, struggling to get to the figure out where this, to get a job, you know, to go, walk through Greenwich Village by myself and walk into a place and say, hi, I'm looking for work. Yeah. You know, I, I don't even know how it went checking into the the American Academy of Dramatic Arts for the summer program, you know, all this shit. But two months later, even a month later, I was like, walking down the sidewalk, you know, I was like looking people in the eye, totally being myself a part of the flow. And I had already lived on my own in Colorado for a few years and I'd been through a lot of shit already. So I had, you know, it, that's the other thing you build up reservoirs of knowledge and experience. Yeah. So you're like, Oh, this reminds me of that or whatever. You know what I mean? You tap. Once you find yourself, you got a place to tap back into. Yep. And you can survive. And yep. you, you already, have something that most people never have. And that is you, you grew up part of your childhood in New York and you've gone back many times and you know it pretty well, you know, the vibe, you know, what's important about New York. Well, I know how to exist in New York and it's almost as though I've been trying to just be a New Yorker my whole life while I was in Minnesota. That was my attitude. Yeah. It just, it never clicked, but that's because that's what I knew. Um, here, your camera's going out of focus. You want to? Oh, you that? know what? I uh, I got rid of the uh, self image. You know, view yourself because I I'm so fucking. Um, you don't like how you look. No, no, I'm so egotistical. I just keep looking at myself instead of you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but this camera does that. So just, I'm going to take off the self view and uh i'm gonna hide self view and if it happens again just tell me okay yeah you're good now all right was i blurry for a long time because i want the public to see five, my beautiful five minutes five, five minutes. minutes yeah but you were talking i didn't want to interrupt you five minutes of people watching a youtube video of me blurry they can just look at me <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right maybe i'll leave it on because i don't trust you to tell me yeah but I do, uh, I do love just having you full screen, looking at your face. Is there a way to have it 50-50? No, I've got a 
But maybe, you know what? Maybe I'll just do no, because speaker then I, just brings me up. What I have is a small, me small on the top and then you big on the bottom. Really? I don't know how to do that. I don't, I don't know. It's just the. Oh, I guess it's, ga- no, it, I've already got gallery with two people. It's just, uh, wait a minute. Let me see what immersive is. Choose immersive. No, I don't want immersive view. Fuck that. Um, listen, uh, I want to talk about missing you. All right. Can we take a break? Yeah. Uh, let's take a break. Let's listen to, uh, give me a Bill Frizzell song to put on. Oh, fuck, dude. What should we? There's one actually off of his new record that I love. Let me. Okay. It's called. It's called so, Four. The record's called Four. Yeah, I know that. I've heard that. Bill, um, bringing it up. Pioneers. The Pioneers. It's like this cool ode to like almost like um amazing grace. All right, my brother, I'm going to start playing it and uh we'll pause and uh take a little break. Okay, I just got to whiz and get some more coffee. All right.
Oh my God. That is pure Americana, man. No, it's really great. Um, let me just read you uh, what it says on the iTunes review. On four, Bill Frizzell assembles a lineup that is unique on a few levels. There is no bass player, and the combination of guitar, piano, sax, clarinet, and drums gives music a texture rarely heard on Frizzell's releases from this period, many of which feature bassist Thomas Morgan. The combination of pianist Gerald Clayton, readist Gregory Tardy, and drummer Jonathan Blake, each a leader in his own right, is also not one you'd immediately expect. On a Frizzell release, you're more likely to hear strings or pedal steel than piano, but Clayton fashions a role for himself that broadens the harmonic landscape. Absolutely. He's fully unaccompanied on Always. Clayton is good. What's that? That guy Clayton is just awesome. Tardy, equally a master of a clarinet, bass clarinet, and tenor sax, keeps all three in rotation and heightens the distinct character of each piece. Blake, a deeply swinging drummer in the Philly jazz mold, yo Philly, brings a subtlety to four that highlights the drum set as an instrument complete in itself. The playlist, all Frizzell originals, finds the players in varied combinations as they acknowledge recent losses. Famed producer Hal Wilner, Seattle artist Claude Utley, Frizzell's childhood friend Alan Woodard, and venture moods from the ghostly and haunting wise women to the jazzy angularity of Holiday, a very oblique take on I Got Rhythm. Older Frizzell tunes such as... Oh, that's what that is. Cool. Older, older Frizzell... Yeah, I Got Rhythm. Older Frizzell tunes such as Monroe and Look Out for Hope also get fresh reworkings. I got rhythm is fucking such a hard tune. Wow. So, um, all right. So, uh, I want I want to talk about missing you, but I do want to say that in your quintet that you've been assigned to, yeah. Uh, let's just go over that. So you're in this ensemble class, and you guys, there's a finite collection of musicians in this room, and you either get assigned to a quartet or a quintet, correct? Um, pretty much. I think. Okay. There- I'll be quintets and there might be one six, 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 tet, six, tet, <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's what they're called. Um, but there's only two bass players, right? Only two bass players. So you don't have a bass player in your quintet. Yeah. But we, there's also only two drummers and we have a drummer. So, okay. So what are the instruments in your quintet? Drums, piano, alto and tenor sax. And you. Me. Yeah. So you guys were assigned to each. I'm just saying what you've told me already. Yeah. No. You guys were each assigned to bring in a song, either an original composition or an original take on a on a standard. Yeah. And then you have these five songs, and you practice them all semester, and then it it culminates in a concert that you give, where you play yeah. the set in December. It could be at Carnegie Hall. Okay, and by the way, we're coming. I know. No matter where it is. It depends how good it Ray says it could he could try to book Carnegie Hall for us depending how good we are. I guess that's a possibility if he says that. It is. Imagine me playing my original in Carnegie Hall. <laughs> oh my god. That'd be crazy. I gotta tell your mom, I don't know if she knows that. It's it probably won't happen, but it is possible. So it gives okay, us so it, it's more likely to be in in some recital room. 
Yeah, and like Aaron Davis Hall at City College campus. Sweet. Which yeah. would be just as epic. It would be. It would be good. I mean, you're going to be bringing an original composition into the world with a quintet, a jazz quintet. Yeah, pretty cool. Wish we had a bass player, but it's going to be great. You um, said there was an outside chance that maybe there'd be a bass player from another year, but they would have to be playing with you all fall, right? Someone would have to give them credits because that's like, you can't just ask somebody to come and do that for nothing. Right. 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 So is that likely? Uh, I wouldn't say it's likely. I'd say there's maybe a 20% chance. Not too likely. No, but it's possible. So you said you you were the only one to bring in an original and everyone else just kind of brought in standards. Everyone else standards that they didn't they had no idea what they wanted to do with them except for uh ethan one of the sax players okay but now this other guy apparently is the the alto player is going to bring in original okay first day he just had this tune called nardis by miles davis which is really good so what was it like bringing your original song into that oh well you know it's funny there's some funny stuff about it so I barely had any training in writing music in, in like the traditional sense, like writing a lead sheet. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of did my best on it and I brought it in and everyone was like, okay, there's too many beats in this measure. You have this note on the end of three when you're playing it on the end of four, um, yada, yada, yada. So I revise it. Also, I forgot to transpose for the sax players because it's like um, a C that I play is not the C that a sax player plays. Oh, okay. Which is really confusing. Mm. So it's like if I play, what would it be? If I play a C, yeah. So like a C um, for the alto player, my C is is their B flat. Huh. Which is just crazy. And then for the... Welcome to the ocean of musical knowledge. For the tenor player, my C is a D for them. So it's like a a whole step up. So I just have to transpose all the stuff, which luckily is pretty easy to do. Um, You do that with a computer program? or I did all this with the computer program. But now I'm actually learning a lot about how rhythms work in notation and all this. Like So now it's good. Like now... There was two classes where I brought in sheets that were kind of bunk, but we still played it and it still sounded incredible and like still complimenting the composition and stuff, but it just wasn't, it was harder to play off of because of my inexperience in writing. Okay. Um, But now I think I've got it perfect and there's no problems with it. So how long is the piece? um, It's like, three minutes for oh, one okay we'll probably play it two times through or three times through so it might be kind of long yeah um, and uh and and so what was the Im- immediate feedback on your on your piece oh, I really loved it. like I really- were you were you terrified though um, they were gonna hate it or yeah but i also had prepared for if they were gonna hate it i had a a backup <laughs> okay Oh, I was I wasn't worried. I wasn't that worried. You had a backup standard. Yeah, I was gonna play "Wave" by Joe Beam, um, okay. which is like my go-to. Play me yeah. a little "Wave." 
Um, yes, I know that's what Nice. Um, that's kind of my, I, I love playing that song. Does um, that just chill you out and get you in the zone? Yeah, it, I just know it really, really well. Because something about it just clicked with me when I first learned it. So I know so it. When did you learn that? When you were out here? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was one of the, I'd never heard you play that. Oh, you, I mean, I play it, I played it for grandma once. Oh. And I, it, there's a clip of me doing it on Instagram. I don't, I don't check out your Instagram enough, evidently. Yeah, I love, I love Joe Beam. Yeah, it's really Joe Beam's one of my favorite composers. Um, Late so down. that was that was going to be my backup with like a halftime second or A section and then B section. So it was going to be like, um. It was like one, two, three. going to be like a halftime and that can get really sick with the drums where it's like and just to really hammer home that dramatic nice but do you want me to play my original uh yeah i do i'll play you know just try to imagine this with a full ensemble with horns playing the melody with keys and I'm playing the melody with the horns and um, yeah. And with, with drums and all that. So just try to imagine, but I'll play a stripped down version for you guys. Okay. Um, one, two, one, two, Thank you. 
Milo, that's so beautiful. I remember you first. Yeah, when I first. I, when you first played that for me in its very early version, we were in Colorado. Yeah. Wow. That has changed and grown, and I can begin to imagine the the instrumentation. Well, I, I can't wait to hear that tune live. It's going to be so cool because when I'm playing it by myself, it's like even with a looper pedal, you can't get across a, a fraction of what we're getting across in rehearsals. Your volume's going down on your mic. Has it? Yeah. How's that? That's better. Okay. Um, even just a modicum of that, just imagine like that times 10 with the band. Yeah. yeah. So oh my God. It's, it's so sick. Thank you, man. Thank it's you. beautiful. 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 Also, I'm wondering, um, are you more comfortable in life right now with a guitar in your lap? Absolutely. <laughs> you look like it. Also, that your facial expressions don't seem to be put on top of your playing. They seem to come from your heart right now. Mm. I used to feel like you were like pretending to be like this, you know, dude. And no. uh, well, I know that the music was always moving you, but uh, there's something so precious and, and tender, which is a word we've used before. Yeah. About watching you play that, that... um it's just beautiful. It's, it's called beautiful. Question. Question. Nice. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Originally, I just didn't know what to call it. So when I was writing it, I just put a question mark. Uh-huh. And then I realized, oh, I'll just call it Question. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's, I mean, just imagine like two different horns and different octaves, two sax players going, like it's just so, oh yeah it's so it's really cool i could almost hear it with a big band yeah and then the little um there's this triplet part that i do going into the bridge which sounds so sick with the sax but it's like And it's like in that part, I almost want the drums to drop out mm. and slowly come back. Mm. This part I stole from Willis, actually. So shout out to Willis. He, I know he heard it. Shout out, Willis. That little. That was a, something that he did. It's almost for, classical. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thanks. Um, God, I just, my mind can't even comprehend what that's going to sound like. It's really, uh, like I, I, I sense that it's going to be unbelievable, but I know it just until I hear it with the ensemble, I, I, I can't even comprehend it. But you're thinking in different ways than I ever have. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. I um, love it. Being able to, you know, because the point of this class is that everyone gets to be the band leader for their tune. Okay. I love being the band leader. Excellent. 
love like orchestrating. It's just because I have my mind is geared towards that. Yeah. Producing and stuff. I just like to be, I, I have an idea of how I want things to be. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so great to work with people. Like everyone in my ensemble is much better than me. So they already are like one step ahead when I tell them what I want. Right. Which is so cool. Um, but you guys feel a intuitive relationship um i think that when we played that tune there's some magic there okay i think that with the other people the other tunes there just isn't enough originality to it for it to not just feel like it's a jam session okay um so that's something we're working out and ray has kind of have told us that um but everyone's working on making their tunes more original and I just feel like um, these tunes, it's, they're not meant to be played like in a normal jazz format where it's like, you know, you play the chorus or you play the head and then first solo, second solo trade with the drummer and then you play the head again and then you're done. It's just not, that's not what this is supposed to be. It's supposed to be, you're trying to cultivate the sound mm-hmm. and and make it into something that's really stands on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not about like spotlighting a soloist really. Mm. Um, there's obviously improvisation and solos that happen in these while we're practicing, but it's just not, it's just different than, you know, what you would hear if you just went to like smalls jazz club and heard the late night jam, you know, right. it's, it's just a, it's supposed to be different than that. So will there be improvisation in the, in the um, performance of it? Oh yeah. Yeah. It'll probably be, you know, it's weird when you have a tune that's really slow like that. Cause we're playing it at a, like a ballad tempo. Mm-hmm. It, you can't really take like full chorus solos because otherwise the tune would be like 40 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Like we'd just be playing it forever. So um, it'll probably be like, I take like the first A section and then, you know, Ethan, one of the sax players takes the, takes the second A section and then Raphael takes the B and then Lucas takes the the third A in that chorus. And I don't think I'm going to have Lee do any solos. He's the drummer. Um, and then we'll all just come back together and play the head one more time. So mm. it'll probably be like a nine minute um, yeah. performance of that song. You said that, uh, or I heard say that uh, you felt you were telling mom in a conversation. We both have conversations with you. Like you and I had this great conversation coming back from me driving back from Wisconsin last week, but then mom had this whole other wonderful conversation with you this week on her own. And she was telling me that um, you felt like uh, initially you were kind of like at the bottom of the pile because all these guys had experience playing with other people since high school, but that actually you felt like some of these, some of the players um, are where you were six months ago or eight months ago. Yeah. Explain that to me. What did you mean by that? Well, some people just don't have any theory knowledge. Um, and, and I don't have a lot of theory knowledge, but I do understand. You've been working hard at that, working hard at that over the last, 
you know, six months. Um, so I just feel like that work has really paid off. And I, I, I expected to be coming in just like total bottom of the barrel, having to work my way up, but I'm actually more towards the middle. Um, and that makes me more wanting to just let go of like any sort of a ranking system. Yes. Once I know that I'm not at the bottom, I don't care. Like, <laughs> um, and people, you know, have just reassured me a lot. Um, there's all these other guitar players kind of in my classes and stuff. And I think that I'm, I probably have the most going for me at this moment. Um, but that subject, it's all fluid, isn't it? It's totally fluid. And like and you said, it's not all competitive no it's not competitive this is more just for my own yeah (laughs) self-esteem yeah yeah ridiculous shit yeah 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 cool well listen let me tell you um talk to me man talk to me i'm gonna talk to me about about how you're feeling yeah i'll talk to you about minnesota and um you know uh i i kind of told you this before but uh are you wearing a fox theory Fox yes, here. I found this in the back of your car. Hell yeah. And I thought it's <laughs> a large. It wouldn't fit you anyway, so I'm taking it. Hell yeah, man. Good. And uh, and uh I've 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 uncovered all sorts of treasures in your car. I've cleaned out half of it. <laughs> I've gotten rid of everything except your empty weed jar and pipe, which I put in the glove <laughs> compartment. Uh, uh, I've thrown out probably 15 or 20, uh, empty loon vape, um, which by the way, you've stopped, you've stopped vaping, right? You guys should know this. Yeah. You've stopped vaping. I'm onto the Zen. The Zen. The Zen nicotine pouches. I found my flavor, winter green. Ah, yes. Winter green. You always like the menthol. Yeah, I do. All right. Um, by the way, I am uh, I am vaping now, yeah. and uh, I have to stop because I've never look. I was smoking for a while, and uh, oh, see, this is why I have this screen on because it goes blurry. But I get back here and it fixes. Um, I was smoking for a long time, you know, on and off over the last couple of years, off part of the time, then on. And then, and whenever I've stopped in the past, it's just been cold turkey. And um, I was introduced to the crutch system first to Zins by my nephew, and then, <laughs> and then um, those. What? Xander put you on at those. Xander put me onto those, and I still have some Zins threes, not sixes, because they're the sixes burn my mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, then you know we were on this road trip, and I just was getting rammy, so I bought a Jewel. And uh, jewels, <laughs> jewels are like nicotine, but from tobacco. Vape juice, at least this vape juice that I got for this thing, which is this this uh, Voopoo vape that Jesse gave me, um, is based on uh, the nicotine comes from nightshade. Yeah. So um, – Whatever. It's just, I'm inhaling stuff. It's going into my lungs. It's not good for my lungs. And I've never used these crutches before. Now I'm having a hard time getting off of the crutches. 
Well, so, but hey, it's better to make this kind of a slow exit than going cold turkey and then just coming back to cigarettes over and over again. I'm not coming back to cigarettes. But you know what I'm saying in the past. Yeah, before. no, if I want a cigarette, uh, then I'd take a hit off a of vape. Yeah. When I drive your car, I miss you. Yeah. I miss you. Look, I miss you being around. I miss your presence. I miss your dirty dishes. I miss your... I, I got to say, I don't miss the way you sharpen the knife. I made an unbelievable dinner last night, and that knife sharpener has like made that knife into this like ribbony, curly edged that is just not not good so i have to come up with i have to get it dude it sharpens it but it's not the edge is not supposed to look like that but it might be (laughs) but it gets sharper every time you do it yeah but it doesn't stay sharp and it's anyway um what i miss is you sitting in the car next to me talking to me oh yeah and just us talking about anything really but i've just i've just realized i think i told you this in the phone call last week um i've just realized that i uh we connect on a certain level and just have a shorthand and talk you know you're you know you're you're a dear friend to me yeah it's the biggest compliment i can give you you know, um, yeah, we do understand each other. We understand each other and we, uh, we kind of progress and we learn and from each other. And, and, and so I miss having that on location in yeah. the house, you so know, do I. So do I. your mom and I are doing good, but good. you miss it too though, huh? Oh, so much. Yeah. Uh, so when do you come back? I, I mean, know. is it a long break? Oh no. It's like four days, five days. I'll give you the rundown. Um, Because Billy Barrett is probably going to have a gig for us. Oh, that's right. Billy Barrett is an old friend of your mom's and I, from years back, television producer for uh, Inside Edition, who has given us a place to stay when we moved you in. And he's like, he's one of the great characters I've ever met. And he's, he's awesome. Yeah, he, he took you out to dinner and is looking after you. He's totally looking after me. So he wants to have a Thanksgiving party at his house and have you and a trio play. Yes. <laughs> and that's going to be well, because I just mentioned to him like. Um, he just said, like, my friends always have like these jazz musicians come and play at their parties and I want to maybe I'll hire you guys to do it. And he doesn't know shit about jazz. Like he doesn't. He can't go wrong. No, he can't go wrong. Yeah. No. Are you kidding me? Yeah. This is a dream for his party. It'll be great. It'll be yeah. great. I have some incredibly talented friends. Fuck yeah. In in this program, who are just I mean, people that already could just have a a full career in doing this and playing gigs, and already do pretty much. And they're freshmen. Yeah. There's there's some ridiculous. Have you heard any of the other students at the like the fourth year or third year? I have heard some of them. I've played with some of them. Uh-huh. I've gotten scolded by some of them. Ah, okay. Um, so that's I've I've there's some some really talented, talented, knowledgeable players um that are just also great people to hang out with. So it's really like 
like I've got this uh probably my closest friend so far his name's Anthony he's a drummer yeah you um, mentioned him him and I have you know just click pretty well and get along and and there's uh there's there's another good I'm sorry I'm he helps, I cut you. he helps me out with rhythm and like you know teaches me that kind of stuff when I don't get it cool which is nice um there's this Australian pianist named Xavier who's I mean, he's like the best musician I've ever played with. Probably you've mentioned him before, but I didn't know he's Australian. No, Nick is Nick is the best musician I've played with, but he's just this kid is insane. Like he's just having him in a jam session makes a world of difference. Okay, he'll never lose where he is. He's sight reads. He just he's just on the ball. Um, and same thing with Ethan, who's in my ensemble sax player. Just a kid who's just got it. Mm. and who's the other guitar player um well there's one guitar player is a friend of mine val and he's he's from you know he lived in brooklyn and now he lives up here in harlem but he grew up in brooklyn and he's his name's valentino um and he's just a you know he's like 21 good guitar player um him and I get along really well because we have that shit that there's a kinship that guitar players have, especially in jazz where it's like, you, but you have the same problems, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, which is, so that's been cool. And we've been able to learn a lot from each other. Um, and he's given me a lot of, of confidence too, with my playing. Nice. Um, so yeah, there's just, I mean, I've got like four or five people that I would love to call for a gig. So I think that'll be something that happens. Cool. Um, and hey, so, that, so the dates would be the 22nd to like the 26th. Okay, so good. Days. So yeah. we get you home for four days. Yeah. We'll have to do a pod. I know you're going to be busy, but we're going to have to sit in the room together just to get that magic. Although Ooh. I'm not having a problem with this right now. I feel like we're. Me neither. Me neither. This, this this reaches over a thousand miles easily. It does, and I love that we can see each other. That like really. Yeah. In fact, in some ways, we see each other better than we do in here. Yeah. We just don't <laughs> feel each other the same way. Like in, yeah, I can't that's reach different. That's yeah. what's tough is, and also just the energy transfer is. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a an extra barrier now. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This is a, a, a an intro to music school episode, uh, heavily musicked uh, conversation, and uh, it's really all about you and us, you know, as uh, through the filter of all that. So I'm I'm cool with that because um, I feel like we need to give anybody who listens to this podcast a kind of a frame of reference yeah absolutely. and uh in the future uh we can just get down down and dirty with shit i want to know how your turtles are doing are they alive still i don't know they died i don't know about the turtles right now how come because they're not in the living room and i asked benji about them and he said they're something happened to their shells and they're like getting fixed up or something, but I don't, I don't think they might've died. So 
All right, let's tell the public about your roommate situation. You've got Benji, who is well, a... I can't talk about them right now. Can I? Yeah. You've got a, a roommate in Benji who's from Brooklyn? No, he's from Midtown or something. Midtown. Okay, Scott, um, who also loves animals and has a, a, a huge heart and a warm love for animals. And he yeah, tried to rest... He tried to rescue some feral kittens and uh, they disappeared on him. Thank God, because that might not have worked out. And then he brought a pet turtle and a second pet turtle in a terrarium back to the house and they became your house pets. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't even want to talk about the roommates right now, but I, 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 all right. You have two other roommates. You don't have a third. No. What are these sounds I'm hearing? I don't know. Something from you. Oh. Okay. Okay. Did you you have, that? do you have, is your third roommate living there now? No. Okay. So you have this mystery third roommate yeah. that uh, has shown up a couple times to visit, but never lives there. And then yeah. you've got, then you've got this other roommate uh, who lives next on the other side of the wall from you. So yeah. you're sharing this pad with three guys and um, you're making a mess and cooking and yeah. uh, living your best Milo life as a musician. Pretty much. Um, yeah, both of my roommates are musicians. Oscar makes like electronic. Um, there's this interesting genre of like EDM mixed with like, like trans feminine queer culture. Okay. That happens at these like raves and nightclubs all the time. Um, and it's something I was very privy to already. Like you remember that person underscores. Yes. She, she's it's similar kind of music than what she makes. Okay. So, so that's cool. And I really like that. And then Benji makes rap music. Sweet. Um, and yeah, so that's pretty. Okay. That's enough. Spread. Yeah. About that. Uh, your bike is arriving. Tomorrow, hopefully. Yeah, that's what it says. So the 1980s 10-speed Peugeot. That's is what it's... It yeah. The 80s Peugeot. 80s 10-speed Peugeot. Cool, man. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm going to be taking that thing <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Um, I, just I, make I... sure and tighten everything. The handlebars, the seat, the front wheel. The front wheel. Tighten the kickstand so it doesn't stick out and, you know, or go yeah. in. I gotcha. You got everything you need to make that bike work. Um, and you've got uh, Allen wrenches. You need a big Allen wrench to put the, the handlebars on. Is it an easy um, seat removal? Yes, the seat post is on there. So you just have to put the seat on top and and... You know, wrench it tight. Okay. Yeah. So, but I mean, what I mean is, is it by wrench it tight? Is it one of those things where you can just kind of push it down the? The, the thing left? slides down on top of the post, and then there's a screw on the side that you tighten. Oh, and you tighten it with a wrench. Yeah. Okay, so that would be hard. I would have to travel with a wrench if I wanted to take the seat off everywhere I go. Oh yes, you could get a quick release seat. You can look into that. But I love my Cloud 9. Yeah, I know you love that uh, cushy love that. 
cushy. Big, big ass cushy fucking seat. But if the seat gets stolen and I'm like, I have to bike home with a pole up your ass. Fuck, dude, that would suck. Yeah. So, uh, so you just to- travel with a ratchet on you. That's all. Yeah. Okay. Doable. Throw one in my backpack. Yeah. Throw the ratchet in the right ratchet head. It'll be, it's in the kit. Yeah. What are you worried about? Chill out, man. <laughs> and you also want me to send you a fishing rod. No, not a rod. Just the reel. Just the reel? I told you this. Yeah. You're just going to fish with line? No, I'm going to get a rod here. Oh. I get a rod here that can break down. So Do you want your bait caster? That's reel? what I want. Bait caster reel. And I, and I want you to get it spooled. Yeah, Hal's going to help me do that because he used to work for an outfitter and he knows how to spool reels. He's spooled oh, like a thousand of them. So, okay. Hal great. is basically saving your ass. I know he really is right now. Yeah. Helped yeah. you with the bike too a lot, right? Uh, uh, oh, huge. Yeah. yeah. Huge. You don't know. Cleaning. Lubricating. Unbelievable. A lot of Such is life right now with you long distance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, listen, I got to get to work. Oh, yeah. I got to go to work at the market. <sighs> Tomorrow we're going to Jessica Tiarina's wedding. Do I know who that is? Yes. Jessica works at the market. Um, she has a, she had a cooking, she sells spices. She's Latina. She's kind of shorter, glasses, dark hair, ass kicking. Mm-hmm. Anyway, for some reason, I just can't picture her. She might have been gone while you were there, but she's back and she knows all about you and she has met you, but maybe you didn't work together a lot. Okay, cool. Anyway, she's a dear friend and she's uh, sober. Great. And we're going to celebrate her marriage and uh, with TW. And uh, yeah, I also finished Twin Peaks season three turn pretty pretty tripped out right god man i gotta tell you though when when coop came back in that last third to last episode fuck it was so i was so hyped yeah he's like one of my favorite characters of all time yeah yeah agent cooper is just the greatest yeah um and what about that guy do you remember the guy with the green glove the british guy i don't I don't. I haven't gone back to watch it. I don't got to watch it again. It's so good. Okay. Um, I've got a show yeah, for you to watch. You go. oh, I got you? a show. Yeah. Um, I, I've been into violent shows lately. I don't know why. It's the fall. I, I'm, get, I'm getting into winter mode. I don't know. Just gritty, violent. Anyway, um, I told you I watched that show, um, Tokyo Vice. Yeah, I couldn't get through it. Okay. Um, this show, I think you'll like. It's like Peaky Blinders in 2020. What and is it? It takes place in London. It's on HBO. It's called Gangs of London. What about that? Sounds like Top Boy. Uh, it's different. Okay. It's different. Uh, is it because with a bunch of white like, dudes? No. Oh, because Top Boy is with um, like mostly Jamaican immigrants. Oh, yeah, I know. Believe me. This is like high level multinational 
Oh, cool. The big gangs running the real estate and the drugs. Yep. In in London. And one of the lead characters is um well anyway. And the mother of the Wallace family is John Stark's wife. Oh shit. Caitlin Stark. Wow. And she's great. But there's so much good stuff in it. There's, it's just, I'm in the second season. For, there's two seasons. I'm in the fourth episode, and it's, you just got to watch it. John Stark, do you mean Jon Snow? No. Ned Stark. All right. I got, totally got the names. It's been a long time for the got. Um, the father <laughs> who originally got beheaded. Ned Stark. Ned, Ned Stark's, Stark's wife. wife. Yeah. So Caitlin Stark. Yeah, Caitlin yeah. Stark, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I dude. also happen to know a photographer, a Scottish photographer named John Stark. Shout out, John, if you're listening. <laughs> I, get <him. laughs> I get him confused. All right. Yeah. Okay, we'll wrap it up. All right. I love you, buddy. Uh, I uh, opened this episode. I pre-recorded an opening for this because I was missing you, and it was based on uh something you told me about so uh i i play i played some of equinox oh hell yeah yeah a great tune but i'm gonna take us out on the uh going up naked theme awesome all right all right thanks for everything thanks for making time i know it's not easy for you to make time to talk but uh just hit stop recording and then we can have our goodbye all right love you buddy love you too peace out till next time okay See you guys next time. See ya!